Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Nailor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I just wanted to touch base, recap a little bit my uh, evolution uh, for leaf season. Um, we'll call leaf season 2.0. Those of you that uh, that haven't been following along or didn't, uh, haven't been listening to my podcast, I guess, since episode one, way back in episode three on the art back in the archives there, I, I gave I shared my nightmare leaf uh, story, uh, one that I had hadn't shared like ever in the seven, eight years that I have my business, my lawn care business, and also been involved with social media, never shared on YouTube. Um, and I just, you know, started my podcast a year ago and just hit over a hundred episodes not too long ago. So, uh, but Right in, right in episode three, I got right into it and, and dove deep into the story that I've been wanting to share for a long time because ultimately I wouldn't be having this podcast and talking to you guys uh, if it wasn't for me getting through, getting getting or pushing through that nightmare leaf removal situation uh, because it, it was just, it was very early on, you know, about probably the first year, if not the maybe early second year season uh, full-time in lawn care by myself and just trying to figure it out like so many of us out there, so many of you out there and just like so many of us and you we get contacted, you know, for all kinds of wacky things when we're first starting out and, and we're just trying to get the word out. We're handing out flyers. We're doing this, we're doing that. Friends, neighbors, real estate agents. Oh man, that's another episode for another day right there. But you know, they're all, they all have good intentions, right? And they all want to, uh, give you work. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's not always quality work. It's not always the work that you want to do or whatever, but in the beginning, you know, you're just trying to take on anything and everything. So you can make a name for yourself, like I said, and, you know, start, start getting revenue, start making money, uh, and get your business going. But you, you kind of fall into the trap a lot of times of, of getting involved in a lot of projects that you have no idea what you're doing. You're way in over your head, don't have any, any of the right equipment or any equipment at all or whatever. So it, it can be very stressful and leaves, you know, leaf cleanups, removal, all that is like right up there at the top of the list of like things that you can, of projects, I guess you, you'll call, we can call them that you can, can get involved in and really, really mess you up basically. Uh, just, just get, like I said, get, get you in over your head and, and not really, not, not really know, you know, you can't even really see the light of day or whatever. So, so just like everyone else, in most cases, I'm sure I ended up in that situation as well. Um, and, and it, it almost broke me. I almost quit lawn care before, you know, right after I started basically. And, um, but Basically, uh, um, so I, I won't go into the de details of all that because, like I said, I, w I went into all that in episode three. So go ahead after you finish listening to this because this episode, I'm, I'm going to kind of go into the just a, a few key points of things that I've learned over the years since then about leaf season, um, leaf removal, leaf cleanups, and so on um, that, I, that I just wanted to share with you guys just because, you know, I know a lot of people that are just starting out or they're maybe just... Um, they're at a different growth spot in their business and, and maybe they want to get involved in leaves, uh, more leaves, you know, leaf cleanups and so on or, or whatever. I just want to share kind of my, my thinking, uh, on all of that so that this way you, you fully understand what and kind of prepare for wh whatever it is that, you know, that, that, that you might be diving into. So anyway, without, without, uh, rambling on too much about that with that whole intro. Um, so I, I got because of that nightmare situation, I got out of leaves and I just, I just, you know, I was scared of it. I didn't want to get, I, I just avoided it for years and years and years. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of good business that I probably could have gotten like clients in the neighborhoods that, that I am already in could have kept growing, but because they had a lot of trees, woods, whatever, a lot of leaves. And, um, I either declined or they were looking for someone that could do everything, including the leaves. And because I didn't want to do that, they wanted to find someone else or whatever. So there's lots of opportunity lost there. Lots of work left on the table just for the fact that I, I didn't really know. I was so traumatized from the, the leaf jobs that I, that I had done and that nightmare leaf situation that I just figured, you know what, let me just step back from that, focus on what I do know, what I really enjoy, what I'm more comfortable doing, what seems to be a little more, um, I guess, routine and scalable 
which is services such as mowing, fertilization, weed control. Obviously, there's different barriers of entry there, different education, licenses involved for fertilizing and all that, different states, different rules. So, you know, um, I did all that for the for the state of Virginia and so on. Um, but, you know, those are the things, mowing and, and treating yards, aerating and seeding, all those things. If you have the right knowledge, certifications, licenses, if necessary, the right equipment, and, and you actually want to do that stuff and you enjoy it, it, it's very routine, very scalable. You're doing the same yards, the same weeks, same months, whatever, you know, every fall, if it's aeration and seeding. And, and, and you're doing a, a decent amount of them and you become really good at it pretty quickly. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's really not rocket science. I mean, there's obviously little tips and tricks along the way to learn with every service. But for me, when it came to leaves, no property is ever the same unless you're doing the same property year after year, obviously. But when you pick up a new customer and now that's a new property, you have to figure out, you know, how many holes or especially if it's the first time you walk that property and it's covered with leaves, that's... That's crazy. Uh, and if someone's contacting you just to clean up their leaves and they don't even want to be a regular client, then then you then you're really stuck. You know, who knows how many dead cats and you know firewood or whatever is just mixed all up in the leaves, and you're over here trying to blow it or rake it or suck it up or all of the above, and it could really become a cumbersome situation. So if you don't know what you're doing, um, you you really can can set your up set yourself up for for failure, really, and 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 uh, just you know not not feel confident about what you're doing and your business and so on. So. Because there's so many variables involved with that one one service specifically, you know, and you have to have all different types of equipment set up or whatever tools and things to handle kind of a little bit everything, I just stayed away from it. But because of wanting to try and scale my business a little bit, which is always part of the plan, a little backstory again, if you guys haven't, or a little context, if you, if you guys haven't been following along, right from day one, year one, my goal was, uh, my ultimate goal was to have at least two crews. So we'll say two to three, but minimum of two crews, maximum of three, I guess. So two or three crews. I'm not trying to get to like a million dollar lawn care business or anything like that. Just a nice, you know, maybe, you know, half a million or so uh, somewhere around there with, you know, a couple of crews that are self-sustained, you know, they can help each other if, you know, there's a call out or someone's sick or whatever the deal is, uh, or we lose staff, you know, staffing issues, they can, they can kind of help each other out, hop on one team or the other, come together and, and, and work on bigger projects and get them done in a fat, you know, short amount of time. There's weather, you know, sh- uh, sh- um, gave us less time and to get stuff done in the week or whatever, all that stuff. Kind of like my same philosophy of having more than one part-time employee with me for quote unquote crew one, you know, now I'm putting all my eggs in, in one basket, that one part-time employee. And the, the minute they can't come to work or they quit, now I'm stuck with two people's worth of work um, to get done. And and that's, that's, that's not a good situation either that, you know, that's, that's probably most people's number one fear about growing past the point of what they can handle by themselves and then having to rely on employees and so on and so forth. You get into what I just, just said, um, you know, now you're, you're kind of reliant, you're, you're what's going to happen, you know, when you don't have that person, all of a sudden you have too much work. So that's definitely a big fear for a lot of folks. I know just different conversations and so on. That was one of mine. So, um, but with all that being said, as I was trying to, so, and, and I break everything into five-year plans. So by year five, I want to start hiring people, part-time employees, which is exactly what, what I did. I hired two part-time employees. Everything was great. Um, I didn't know what to do over the winter. So I was not um, selective with like, like the fact that these two gentlemen said that they were probably only going to be available through, you know, the beginning to middle fall. You know, one, one of them was um, a teacher, actually, a middle school teacher, elementary school teacher, gym teacher. Uh, so he had the summer off. But once school started back up end of August, early September, whatever it was, you know, he wasn't going to be able to work much if, you know, maybe just some weekends here and there to help kind of finish up maybe aerations or whatever was going on, but he wouldn't be able to help out during the week mowing lawns anymore. And then the other gentleman um, had graduated college, but he graduated from um, a military college in Virginia. And he, he was going to be stationed in his uh, at, at whatever base it was that he was stationed in somewhere else in Virginia. So he wouldn't be able to work anymore after that either. So that was like October, November or something like that, that he was, that his assignment started. So I figured, okay, well, you know, that's pretty much the majority of leaf, um, not leaf. <laughs> that's, that's the point of this, but, uh, uh, lawn care season, mowing season, you know, so that, that, that was a wrap. Uh, but 
you know, so, so, so they both, so it just kind of worked out because I knew they were both going to leave and I didn't really have any, any winter work, you know, quote unquote, to get them through. Like I pretty much avoided, like I said, uh, you know, several minutes ago, leaf leaves and everything other than just like, you know, the, the small amount of leaves that drop, you know, in the front yard or something from, from the smaller trees that are just in people's yards in the, the majority of the, uh, the HOA, the cookie cutter homeowner association neighborhoods that I work in that are newer. And uh, unless they're backed up against, you know, the outer perimeter of that, uh, you know, association of that whole, um, neighborhood area where there's usually trees, woods of some sort separating that HOA from another HOA or from the street or whatever, uh, one neighborhood to the other, unless their house is backed up along those, you know, the other ones all in the middle and all in between, they just, you know, you, they have trees planted there after the house is built, they plant trees, put the grass in and that's it. And so whatever leaves you get from those different trees, that's about it. But I mean, that stuff's easily mulchable. They, those trees are typically dropping leaves as you're finishing up the mowing season anyway, and you just cut them up as you, as you cut the grass, worst case scenario, you can get your push mower out with it all, all come with a bag, you know, a 21 inch, you know, mower or 22 inch mower. And you just, you know, get, get whatever, you know, bulk leaves that maybe you couldn't mulch up if it didn't look nice or something. You don't have a mulching mower or a mulch kit or whatever. Just kind of get them into a pile and just suck them up with the push mower. I did that many a times over the years. So my point is it's a lot easier to manage leaves uh, in those types of scenarios. And all the other ones above and beyond that, like I said, I, I avoided all that. So there was no real winter work for Central Virginia. You know, I work in Midlothian, Virginia, to be specific, but the Richmond, Greater Richmond area, Central Virginia, for those zooming out that have no idea where I am or what I'm talking about, what Midlothian is, uh, that, you know, we're in the transition zone, you know, middle of the country. There's, you can grow any type of grass here. We don't get a whole lot of snow and it's not warm enough year round to keep the grass growing. So uh, there's not a whole lot of, a whole lot of winter work, you know, um, to, to do. It's, it's more, you know, leaves, <laughs> again, alluding to the commerce, the topic of, of this uh, episode, there's more, more leaves than anything else. And then if you do get some snow on average, we get about nine inches of snow um, per year is our average snowfall. Typically that's in one um, event, you know, one, one snowstorm, just, you know, nine to 12 inches and boom, you, you know, we're already done for the year and the rest is little dustings here or there. Sometimes it's several, one or two inches. And, and again, that's not enough to keep anyone busy, even if you have commercial properties. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's just kind of hit or miss around here for snow. So other than, you know, if you're doing hardscaping projects and things throughout the winter, like that kind of stuff keeps you going, obviously, but I, I'm not into that. And that's not something that I want to do for my business. So, I mean, if you're just lawn and landscape, it's, it's really, it's really slim pickings, you know, I mean, you're doing your final treatments and then you're starting up your first treatments, you know, a, a month or two later, um, you know, but there's like January is that one month that's really like, what are we going to do here? But for me, it was December and January because the grass stops growing, you know, kind of throughout somewhere in the middle of November. Basically, by Thanksgiving, the grass is kind of done unless we've had an unseasonably warm year, which has happened more times than not over the last seven, eight years that I've been doing this. But uh, you still can't count on that either. But anyway, but but regardless, the grass is slowing down. So by, by the end of November, you've got no grass to cut. And if you're not doing leaves what do you do? So like I, you know, I did other things obviously by myself. I, I just, you know, spent time with my family, you know, recap my business, um, made plans, you know, and changes or whatever for the following year to get ready for that. Um, and just, just like I said, spend time with family, kind of regroup, go to the gym a lot more, um, just kind of have some R and R right. And, and some TLC, uh, rest and relaxation, tender, loving care, in case you didn't know what all that stuff was, but uh, and that that's kind of what what I would do, and I also because I'm on was in so on social media all that time, I, I would you know try and produce content and get caught up on maybe some some content that I had already made that you know videos that weren't edited or whatever, and different fun ideas that I would do, planning stuff for the GIE Plus Expo, which is now the Equip Expo, like the different events that over the years have evolved and become more more than just one event for me. And so those things, a lot of that planning happens in the winter. So it, it was all great for me, but there's no revenue in that. Uh, I mean, there's little bits here and there, but I mean, there's, there's no lawn care revenue. There was no billable work being done so I could invoice stuff out for people. And yes, there's the 12 month, um, 
contract plan for sure. There's, there's that too, where you can just, you know, tell people, Hey, this is your 12 month contract. This is the work that we do for 12 months. You know, uh, during this 12 month period, this is what we do when we do it, how much it all costs. Basically every month you're paying the same amount regardless of what we do and when we do it. And, and some people are okay with that. Some people aren't. I mean, the whole thing is you're going to get paid in, in January, December and January, no matter what, whether it snows or there's grass to, to cut or leaves to clean up or what, like, it just doesn't matter. You're still, even if you do zero anything in, in the month of December or January, you're still going to get paid. But a lot of people don't really like that. A lot of clients don't like that. A lot of people have left other companies and can come to me because they, they just didn't sit well. Um, because people would take advantage, companies would take advantage of it. So, I mean, obviously if it's February or whatever, January, and there's nothing really to do, and they're still getting a, an invoice, they might not feel that the most happy, they might, might not get the warm and fuzziest feelings in the world to be paying that invoice. Uh, but when it's March and the grass is growing and bushes need to be trimmed and fresh mulch needs to be put down and nothing's getting done. Now that's a whole other situation. So like one, one particular customer, you know, said, man, you've come and cut my neighbor's yard twice already. And these guys that I have on a contract haven't come yet. And my grass is overgrown, but they just sent me an invoice and like that. So that's, that's where, you, you know, you really got to, you reap what you sow there. I mean, come on guys, you know, like don't, d please don't do stuff like that or at least communicate, you know, to them if there's something crazy that happened and you couldn't get to it. But you know, before you send him that bill, like, Hey, here's a bill for work. I didn't do. Boom. There you go. You know, have fun with that. Like anyway, so there, that's obviously a, an option and, and could be a solution for people. If you don't have a whole lot of work in certain times of the year, if you have a 12 month plan, 12 month contract, people have to pay you no matter what. But so there's pros and cons to that. I haven't gotten to that level uh, to that. I haven't like, I have not to that level. I haven't done that yet or implemented something like that yet. I'm really strongly contemplating it this year because the full circle here is uh, hopefully I didn't get lose any points that I was trying to make through all that. I think I tied everything up, but um, I went from trying, you know, just doing anything when I first started my business, getting completely, um, you know, traumatized, I guess, for, for doing leaves and all that and, and, and just not doing it to then realizing that in order to scale, like I was part of the plan to begin with. I want to keep employees through the winter instead of having to fire and rehire. That's a whole lot of time and money. And, you know, if you find good people, you want to keep them. You don't want to risk not, not being able to have them come back or whatever, you know? So like who the heck wants to go through all that? It's hard enough to find and keep good people to begin with. Why would you then want to have to let them go and then try and start and re, re, rinse, repeat that whole situation. So my thing was, what can I do? How, what can I do to keep enough work uh, throughout the the winter so that I can keep, you know, one or two guys working, you know, um, obviously less hours than in the summer when we're mowing every day, five days a week. But, you know, if they can still work two or three days a week and, and get by, if they need to get another part-time job temporarily or something, you know, whatever, like, and, 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 you know, then, then hopefully that will be acceptable enough. At least that's a starting point, you know, until we can work up to maybe close to a, a full-time schedule, but at, at all the big companies in this area, it, no, no one has the exact amount of workload and hours available right now in December, January, unless, like I said, it's snowing nonstop, which rarely happens here. Uh, as you would, as they have over the summer, spring, summer, and fall, where it's just nonstop, you know, mowing and all the stuff around all of that, all the landscaping and lawn maintenance and all that stuff. So, uh, and no one has as many. So everyone's going to reduce their hours clearly. I mean, if someone's salary, their full time, their management, whatever, depending on the size of the company, then they're going to get their set pay no matter what. Uh, but even still, they're going to be working a little bit less now and then working a little bit more in in the peak times of the season. And, you know, their paycheck's not going to reflect that, but that's just, you know, the pros and cons to being salary and all that. At least they know that they have guaranteed paychecks and be same out. They don't have to worry about punching in and out and boss man's, you know, reducing my hours or whatever. But so that's a whole nother thing there. Um, and, 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 uh, pros and cons, like, like I said to that. So trying to keep my guys or trying to keep guys, um, on, uh, and trying to keep enough work to keep to give them enough hours to keep them on through the winter is where I really strongly thought about, man, I, I need to get back into leaves, you know, and just another slight backstory, which I'm not sure if I shared this in the leaf uh, nightmare, um, leaf removal nightmare story on episode three or not. But 
Um, a few years back, I'll try and say this as, as short and sweet as possible, but a few years back, I did work o- over the winter when I, th- I think that was the same year that my two part, my first two part-timers that I hired, you know, left be- because, you know, they, they, they couldn't work through, through the fall, like I had said, and that was already discussed and, and that was fine and, and so on. Uh, but so instead of just not doing anything and, you know, I had plenty of winter savings. That's again, another topic for another day, but you know, I've got all these different accounts, savings accounts. And I take a percentage. It's called the profit first plan. Mike Michalowicz, awesome book. Uh, highly recommend that if you, if you haven't read that or, or listened to that, definitely go check that out. And then I don't have to explain any of this, but I have winter savings. Um, so every year, uh, the, every year I, I put a, a percentage of everything throughout the month, whatever. Again, I'm not going to go into the, all that. You can read the book or listen to it and you'll know, you'll know all the details. But uh, by the winter time, I've got my winter savings, a certain amount. I know it's going to be enough to get me through the winter. In the event, I never sent out another invoice for whatever, December, January. Well, yeah, December, January, and, and you know, maybe even early February or whatever. If, 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 if I never sent out another invoice, which, which hasn't happened since then, you know, there's always miscellaneous work and things that still get done, but normally just for me to do a few days here and there throughout those months, nothing crazy. But if I were never to do anything again for those, for those months, I would could rely on the winter savings to be able to pay the bills and keep the business going and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I didn't want to necessarily tap into that if I didn't have to. Um, so, and you know, I was trying to get ready for the following year and and try to really focus on what what are some things that I that that I can do to keep moving forward. Because my thing was, if I didn't have to tap into winter savings, and that's that's kind of giving me like a, a nice chunk to to give me a head start for the following year. You know, m- maybe I can upgrade my truck. You know, get a new truck or whatever the deal is. You know, that was one of the things, or get another truck or what whatever uh, around that time frame. Um, you know, there's different upgrades and, and things that I was thinking about doing. And, um, and I, I thought about if I could just not use winter savings and I can use that to put down payment for something or whatever, whatever, multiple different things. I was looking at, you know, getting a new mower cause my other, my one and only mower, well, I had two mowers, but my first mower was a walk behind belt drive and I barely used that, um, after I got my grandstand, Toro grandstand, which, um, was is a game changer, <clears throat> but that one was getting old and, you know, I didn't, so I was like, all right, well, I got to start, you know, thinking about, you know, making that a backup, getting a, a newer one or something, whatever. So all that was all in the mix there. So I just figured financially it might be good if I just hang on to the winter savings and not use it. So short story long there, um, I, I ended up working for UPS over the holidays, being a driver's helper where you just sit, sit uh, in the truck with them next to them and you just run around delivering packages all day, every day for a couple months or whatever it, it was, it lasted. And, you know, you get your full time, whatever the pay, pay rate was at the time, uh, like 10, $11 an hour. Like, can you imagine? Oh man, those were the days, right? Woo. Yeah. Can't even, can't even find and hire people for like 15, $16 an hour here just to weed whip some stuff. Like, man, I know it's hard and hot, but dang. You working for UPS ain't nothing either, man, to shake a stick at. That's some some stuff there. Paul Jameson knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Jameson Green Street Podcast. But uh, UPS be uh be yeah, be getting after it there. That's not uh for the weary uh or for the faint of heart. But anyway, uh while I was doing that, I kept seeing all the guys out there just all the other guys I didn't know because we were in a different part of town that I, that I don't work in or whatever. Uh so there's different companies I hadn't like I heard of or whatever, but I didn't really see them. Don't never got to know any of them, big companies, small companies, but I saw them all working on leaves where there was a commercial pro like a, you know, uh, apartment complex or an office building or just neighborhoods, you know, just people's houses, you know, and people were just getting after it there. You know, it was like, you know, end of November all through December. And then I think maybe I worked a little bit in January before they let everybody go or whatever. But like basically the whole month of January, everybody was getting after with leaves. And here I am with, you know, with no leaves. Like I had a couple, a couple of random oddball, you know, people that needed some leaves that somehow slipped through the cracks or whatever. I just let it go. You know, I'm like, whatever, I'll figure it out when that time comes. And it's like, I take like the whole day or something trying to clear up one person's property or, or a half a day. And I can only do two or something, you know, like, and that was difficult because I was working at UPS and they had me working like every day. So it was really hard for me to squeeze that in. You know, I'd have to ask if I would come in a little bit late later or leave a little bit earlier and try and bang out something for, you know, first couple hours in the morning 
you know, I couldn't really even do it after, actually, because it would get dark so early. So my, my only hope was in the mornings around weekends. So I was like, man, look, I'm back to all these, like back to lawn care being a side hustle over here over the winter. So a lot of a lot of head games going on there during that whole process, because I'm like, man, what am I doing sitting in this UPS truck when I should be getting after it? You know, so that 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 just made me it kind of uh, lit a lit a fire on under me again about like, man, I, I need to not be working at UPS. I need to find a way because I didn't have to work at UPS. But like I said, I just figured, you know, let me just make some money from UPS and I have to, and that can pay the bills and I have to worry about the winter savings. But really what I needed to do was just get my business situated properly so that I'm making money with my lawn care business over that time frame uh, and not have to worry about working for UPS or tapping into winter savings. So that that's the ultimate goal. But it took me working for UPS for a month or two to really figure that out and realize, man, what the heck am I doing? You know, like the, the UPS driver was cool, you know, work for UPS wasn't all that bad, but that's something that is, that's not what I signed up for. You know, that that's not what I'm trying to do as a career. I have a lawn care business, you know, so that, that that's the goal. So after all that, that's where I really got refocused on how do I get, get into leaves? How do I, what's the best setup? How do I, you know, what, what, what does this all look like? So I figured all that out. Uh, I went into all this, I think all over the place on social media over, over the years, but just to get anyone caught up to speed, this is your first time hearing any of this, listen to my podcast or anything. Thank you, by the way, for, for listening. Uh, please make sure you don't forget to uh, go and leave a, a rating and review uh, on, on Apple Podcasts um, and, and, you know, to just follow, subscribe, all that good stuff for uh, for the podcast as well. So I appreciate that. But just to get you caught up to speed um, real quick, I did um, meet up with a lot of my peers and mentors in the industry in my local community uh, they reached out to me, uh, some of them reached out to me and then I reached out to others because it kind of gave me the idea. Um, I, I made one YouTube video about how I was trying to get back into leaves and I was showing my sad, pathetic, humble re-entry back into it where I was just good old, you know, raking and tarping and dragging into some rented open landscape trailer because I only had an enclosed trailer because that was my lawn maintenance setup. I wasn't doing leaves or all that kind of stuff where I needed an open trailer anymore. So I got rid of all that stuff. So here I am, you know, renting an open trailer, you know, tarping leaves, dragging them in there, making multiple trips to the dump, like just crazy stuff, like stuff that I did when I first started, like whatever at that time, maybe five years or so later or prior, you know, and I'm just like, man, here we are back to humbling, humble beginnings, you know? So I'm putting on YouTube because back the leaf, the nightmare leaf removal story on episode three, uh, when I, when that actually happened year one of my business, uh, I wasn't on YouTube or anything like that. So I was just watching YouTube and, and, uh, following some guys at that time, which helped me get through that tough situation, uh, for sure. But I wasn't posting content on my own yet. Uh, so, um, I, you know, none of that was shared, but so anyway, so here I, what, here I am, you know, a few years ago back re-entering into my humble beginnings into leaf removal, uh, and leaf cleanups. And uh, I'm just doing it the super old fashioned way, put it on YouTube. And then some people reached and just kind of told everyone what my, what kind of like what I just went over just now, um, a little bit on this podcast, just saying what, how, how and why I wanted to get back in the leaves and so on. Toro's new Revolution Series lineup provides you with a smarter, more connected fleet that makes your operation more efficient than ever before. It's the products you already know and love, just supercharged with Toro's Hypercell battery system. Learn all about Toro's new Revolution Series line at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. Do you want to save time and energy while increasing profits? Make your truck do the work with TruckMate. TruckMate attaches to any standard pickup truck hitch with no modifications. Remove the tailgate and turn your truck into a material dispensing monster. With the push of a button, you can pull material like mulch, stone, and topsoil from the truck bed and convey it in either direction directly into a wheelbarrow in seconds. Now you can have one man take one truck to knock out some of the small jobs in no time. The conveyor can also be removed move from the tarp roller, allowing you to unload any material right onto the ground. This could be handy for dumping debris or firewood deliveries. TruckMate can pull more weight than even your truck can hold. Plus, you can still attach a plate-mounted hitch to pull a trailer if needed. 
Think of all the year-round uses for this truck attachment to make your business more productive and save your back in the process. And, uh, this is perfect you know, so like for I said, small some folks reached out to me and landscape on, businesses. Like, and over the video, they commented on the video, and, and then they, they said, you know, hey, if you ever want to stop by and check out my setup, you know, I, I would love to show you, show you around. And of course, and the link maybe you can watch us some properties, you know, and see some different ways of doing it. You know, maybe that'll help you out or whatever. And I was like, man, that's an awesome idea. And then I reached out to some other folks locally and asked if they if they wouldn't mind if I did that. And they said, of course. Um, so I made a YouTube video series about it. So if you go to uh, YouTube at Lawn Care Rookie uh, or LCR, either one will work. There's a playlist for, I believe it's called leaf removal setups or something like that. Uh, just basically leaf leaves, leaf, leaf uh, cleanups. It's right on there, the playlist. And I think there's, you know, there's several videos there, maybe three or four videos of different setups um, from solo to crew to a crew box truck and tra- or trailer to, you know, with vacuum with a vac to open trailer with, you know, side baggers and tarps, like just a whole combination of stuff there. So I really learned a lot from um, the handful of people there and shared a bunch of it on YouTube. And that, that got me confident into how I could make that all work for me and for my business and what kind of setup I wanted to get and needed to get. And then that's how I assembled everything. Um, and I guess, again, for more context, for context, for those of you that have no idea, just start following. Uh, so my current setup that I evolved to quickly um, after I you know, went through that process and established what would be the best setup for me and my type of properties. Uh, one, I started taking on some more of the properties that I used to avoid. So, you know, so the people that contacted me going forward that were in those other neighborhoods or parts of the neighborhoods that I avoided because of all the woods and trees I actually welcomed. Uh, I was like, yeah, sure thing. Let's, let me give you a quote. Here's what we're looking at. You know, and they, if they approved it, then boom, they were on there. So that just added one more person to the list of, you know, several leaf cleanups uh, throughout the, the, the slower time of the year, like right now in December. Uh, So that was, that was kind of like the slow build process of that. And my setup was uh, evolved accordingly. So basically what, what, what I'm rolling with now, and I have YouTube videos about this as well. Uh, it, it may or may not be on that playlist. Um, but again, if you just go on YouTube on my channel and you just type in the search, I believe YouTube's done all that to make it a lot easier now. I know I can do that on my end. I can search my own videos by typing in some keywords. <clears throat> just type in leaf or leaves and boom, all the videos that have that in there come up. So you could do that. And uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other random videos that I've made uh, about my situations and setups and all that that wasn't a part of like that dedicated playlist list of other setups. Uh, but so if you want to see it in person, that is as well as my Instagram at lawn care rookie has all of that kind of stuff. Um, my Instagram at LCR media is, is more focused on the podcast and, uh, different events and things like that where lawn care rookie is family, you know, as well as, uh, the lawn care business. So there's a lot of photos and videos on there too. So you can check that out on Instagram at lawn care rookie. But basically, my setup, uh, I got the side bagger for um, the the, the pa- side-powered bagger, just so that you're not like, wait, which is it like a grass gobbler type thing that you just clip on the side of the chute of the deck there? No, I do have that. I got that a long time ago when I first started my business. That was all I used to bag those smaller property, like evolving from the 21-inch push mower, which I still had. And then I got that 48-inch walk behind that I said I started with belt drive. Uh, Toro as well is a great mower. Um, but you know, as you grow, you need something more faster and more efficient and so on bigger, bigger decks and whatever, maybe in smaller decks in some cases, but I did get that side bagger that just clips on the side and everything just, you know, gets sucked up, you know, like the mower just cuts it and blows it right into the side there. It fills up super fast and you have to keep dumping it or whatever. But, uh, with the grandstands that Toro has uh, a few years ago, they came out with the powered bagger, which is the same type of situation that you have on zero turn mowers, the sit down zero turns, like the Z masters. And, and it all hooks up behind, uh, the, behind you on the mower. And there's a big like hose that comes out of a big, um, uh, a big, uh, motor. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, like an, there's an impeller in there. Like it, like it's basically a leaf vac for lack of a better explanation, but it's a tiny one that just, you know, clips over the, uh, the, the deck, you know, the chute opening of the deck. And then there's a hose that comes out of that, that goes into the bags and then everything literally gets sucked up, um, as you're going, you know, so you got the mower blade spinning, which just creates a vacuum right there. And then it goes into the side and then that part actually sucks it up. 
it's a powered, it's a powered vacuum. There's belts connected to your deck belts and all that. So that's blades are in there spinning, which chops every, all the leaves up one more time and forces it up in there. So you can kind of suck up mass quantities of leaves a lot better, get a much cleaner look uh, than if you were just like going over it with the mower with nothing and just blowing it out the side, which that does a good job too. But to get it all sucked up in the bags, that's that whole situation. There's two big bags. So you can go over multiple yards, depending on the size and the amount of leaves and suck them all up before you even have to empty the bags out. So that, that was really cool and, and came in, came and comes in handy. So I got that as well as I got the Echo 8010 backpack blowers. When they came out, I got one the first year, then another one the second year. Uh, that's all we need. Those two backpack blowers, really, I still have the Echo 770 uh, backpack blower. That was my first backpack blower, my first commercial anything piece of equipment eight years ago. I think I was, I think I was like finishing my, my first year part-time and I got that with a bunch of money that I, with the money that I made that first year, I was still in retail management for 15 years. Another story for another day. Again, if you don't know that backstory, whoo, that's not for this episode, but yeah, that's a whole nother thing there. I've shared that all over the place. Uh, but the, a good video about that whole backstory is also on my YouTube channel. It's on the welcome page, my story or how I got into lawn care, whatever I, I'm, it's currently titled at this point. Um, that just kind of just goes all into all the details of my life before lawn care, how and why and when I got into lawn care. But the bottom line is uh, I started part time, you know, sh- uh, short story long, really. Uh, I, I, I got I did lawn care for uh, one year part time while I was still in retail management um, and then, then I went full-time the year after that and quit retail and all that stuff. But at the end of that first year, after I did like, I think I had like six or seven properties that I maintained, you know, I didn't really need that money. I was just kind of doing it to, to kind of get my feet wet and see if this was something that I, that I, you know, wanted to do or whatever. Again, that whole story and rationale and mindset was, it's all in that video on YouTube at Long Care Rookie. Uh, but I had a bunch of money saved up, you know, that I didn't spend on anything. So I went and bought a backpack blower. So I kind of like that interim time where I went from part-time to full-time over the winter, you know, I had a, the Echo 770 and I felt like I was the man. I'm like, yeah. And that that's where I started getting into trouble with these leaf cleanups. That segues into the leaf nightmare story. But I did several cleanup jobs that would take me like a whole day or half a day by myself because I didn't know what I was doing, didn't have anything, didn't have the right equipment or anything like that. All I had was an Echo 770 backpack blower. Like, boy, I could make some piles. I sure could. But what the heck was I going to do with those piles? That was was the dilemma there. Um, But anywho, I digress and we move on. Um, So I still have the 770 going strong, what, eight years or something, eight or nine years later, man, that thing is a beast. It's still going, replace straps, things like that, but the engine is still a champ. Good to go. So that we still use that blower pretty much for lawn care, but in the lease season, now we have three backpack blowers. So if I have two guys with me, uh, then all three of us have a backpack blower. I usually use the 770 because it's a little less powerful than the 8010. So I'll kind of use that for the detail work and go behind the guys if there's a spot that got missed or whatever, or all three of us will be together and I'll be in the middle and we'll, and they'll be on, on either side of me. We'll just create like big walls of, of air to move the piles and stuff like that. Um, just give them the 8010s because, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. You just point it, squeeze a trigger and boom, you're not, you're blowing stuff out the way. So uh, you don't have to really finesse it as much as you might have to with the 770. As weird as that might sound now, for those of you 770 classics, you know, the diehards, that was like the blower back when it came out. That was the powerful blower. Well, Echo, you know, however many years later, eight years later, comes out with the 8010 or seven years later, comes out the 8010 and steps the game up again as as having the biggest, baddest, most powerful backpack blower. So I've got two of those, the 770, got the side bagger. Have the other random, you know, clip-on type bags that we would barely use. Uh, basically, I need, just needed, you know, the side bagger, powered bagger, that is, on the grandstand, all three backpack blowers. And I did get, I did eventually get a, a, a new grandstand. I got the multi-force, so you can get all kinds of attachments to go on the front. And I got the multi-force with an attachment all in one shot. 
um, so I could save some money because I got qualified for fleet pricing. So I just got discounts on on as much as I could, as much as I needed and, and could handle at the time. So I got the uh, power, the Pro Force blower attachment, which is a massive blower. It's like having like the biggest. I don't even know if if the biggest Little Wonder or Billy Goat walk behind or whatever you want you know want to call blower. Um, you know, you sit on the ground and it's got wheels and you just move it back and forth and the thing just blows leaves like crazy. I don't even know if the biggest one of whatever brand has the biggest one is even comparable to this pro force blower, but it's, it's amazing. You know, the belt wraps around the, the, uh, the, the belt on the, the pulley on the mower that the belts to the blades, you know, for the, the mower deck would be attached to. And when you hit the blade engage button, instead of spinning blades, cause you don't have the deck on anymore, it spins the the impeller for that blower fan. And that thing is super powerful. Like it literally almost knocked over one of my employees that wasn't paying attention and walked in front of it. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He was like, Oh, and he like almost fell over. Cause it just hit him like, boom, that's how powerful it is. So great. So that's a great to me and for me, that's a great uh, combination for the type of properties I have. Obviously, it doesn't allow me to suck up much. It allows me to suck up the properties that I, that, that I, that I have and so on. But there were some properties that I took on that were super wooded, that had a lot of leaves that really um, just, you know, they, 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 it was, there's nowhere you, I'd be there all day and I was sucking stuff up and still wouldn't, you still wouldn't be able to get it all. So what we would end up doing would, was we would just blow them all onto the curb, you know, make massive piles. And, and I made friends with several people locally in the area. Uh, that had their own leaf vac setups, you know, dump trucks, dump trailers, all that stuff. And they, I would send them pictures. They'd tell them to give me a price. And I would just add that to, you know, to the, to the invoice for, for that customer service for that day, for that visit, you know, there'd be the, the, the cost for us to blow everything to the pile and then have it to the street in a pile to have that all suck and then have it all sucked up. That fee is like, oh, 75 bucks or 90 bucks or whatever. And they would come that day or the next day and they would suck it all up and then keep it moving. And that's easy work for them because, uh, you know, one, one or two people could just come by and suck all that up. They don't have to do any, any of the real work of like blowing it all to the curb. We, we, we did all that. So I did that several times over the past couple of years and that's my current setup. So I will say Wrapping this episode up here, if you're staying, if you stayed along to this, to this point, now you're actually going to be getting some bonus material here. So some of the takeaways that I've gotten from leaf season are this or these, I should say the the bit, the biggest one, I'll just start with the biggest one in case I just get completely lost. But the biggest one is over the last couple of years I had, you know, I, I wasn't sure how to quote unquote market leaf, leaf season, leaf cleanups, um, leaf removal, leaf cleanups for my current clients and, and anyone that contacted me to, that wanted to, you know, be, be a new client. And they also, you know, and it happened to be leaf season. So they want to know what, what we would do with that and blah, blah, blah. That would kind of be like the first service. So I, you know, I had different, different methods and, you know, the, the main, the, the, the basic one or the main principle that I had, which I know a lot of guys do this, especially locally, they're probably listening to this now as well. This episode, we would have different options like, Hey, here's our, here's our, our package uh, that our leaf, leaf cleanup package that we offer. There's option one, two, and three or A, B, and C or whatever it is, you know, and, and it was different stuff, you know, like option one is like, Hey, you know, we'll just mulch up you know, if you got a small amount of leaves or mulch up what's on your property and boom, that's it, you know, all the way to like, we'll blow, you know, option C or three or whatever it might be. We'll blow everything to the curb and suck it up or something or something, you know, or complete removal, you know, and somewhere in between there, it's like, if you have woods, we'll blow it into the woods. Like, and there's different costs, different price, uh, structure for all of those different leaf services, leaf removal services. So, and, 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 and that's what I did. And I would send it out to them and, it, it was convenient because it was all priced properly or not. And I wouldn't say properly. I mean, I feel like we're always all still figuring out pricing and still have to keep raising prices, especially with all the rate rising costs of everything right now in 2021 going into 2022. But uh, regardless, what I meant to say was the, the, the way that it's priced, you know, like everything was kind of easily scalable. Like, you know, I, I could easily quote everyone based on all the different options, just send it out mass quantities to everybody. And, and then they just, selected what they wanted to do. Now, over the last couple of years I did that, part of the problem with that 
uh, some of the problems with that is one, you have to wait for them to respond and like, you know, you can do it as early as you want, but people still are waiting until the last minute to respond. And you're trying to like come up with a schedule and figure out, you know, who's going to do what and when are you going to get it done, which is part of another issue there. So, so, you know, you have to wait for them, which messes up your schedule. And then, um, you know, not everyone, uh, even if everyone respond, even, even, um, so, and then you have to follow up with them because if you don't hear from people, you're like, all right, well, did they even get these, you know, did they get the email? What's going on? You don't want them to like spring, spring it on you at the last second or whatever. So then you're trying to follow up because you want to build your schedule. The whole point is to get more work, to fill your schedule up. So it behooves you to follow up as you should with any quotes sent out and emails and things that have to do with making money. Right. So, you know, you're, you're just doing all this extra work now trying to follow up and get people to, to, to respond or, you know, pick an option or whatever. Um, and when all that's said and done, you don't even have like your whole, your whole client base that even says yes. You know, there's so many people that are like, oh, no, I'm good. Or, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. And they just leave the leaves there, which is causes a problem in the spring for you. You know, and then they're complaining, why is their yard crappy in some spots or whatever? And it's like, oh, here we go. I mean, we kind of talked about this in the fall, but you just didn't want to listen, apparently, or whatever the situation was. So you're dealing with all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one reason or another, a lot of people or a certain amount of people just decline any services or, or, or they maybe pick a service that you hoped that they wouldn't pick maybe even, you know, I, you know, whatever, like, you know, you want them to pick, you want them to pick certain services, I guess. Like you give them three options, but you're like, man, I, I hope they pick the most expensive options. So I can make as much money. Right. Like, you know, of course, but it's like, so see, you, so you, you kind of play that whole game. And I played that for a couple of years and that got really frustrating because of the things I just said, having to follow up and that's an extra time and then trying to build a schedule that way with a hodgepodge of people that, that I did get confirmation from and all the different options and all the different equipment setup that I may need to have, you know, like, okay, let me just hook the trailer up, um, instead of the ramp rack, which I've got uh, episodes about that on this podcast, as well as YouTube videos about the ramp rack again, uh, at long care rookie search, uh, um, the ramp rack. If you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, just to save time on this episode here you know, okay, let's take the ramp rack off, hook up the trailer again, and then we can just load everything up so we can just have everything with us at all times, which is ideal typically for a leaf season anyway. But, um, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to be more efficient and only have what you need for the, for the properties that you're taking care of that day, but whatever. So it makes it more challenging when you've got a hodgepodge of, uh, of people all over the place. You know, they're not even sometimes all in the same neighborhood and you're bouncing around and, it's just not the most, it, it's, it didn't end up being the most ideal for me. So what I did this year was, and this is, this is the tip for anyone that, you know, that thinks it's valuable. But what I did this year was I didn't give them an option. I didn't give them any options. I just told them this is what I'm doing. And it was obviously customized to every yard, right? Some yards we, I knew that we could mulch because we take care of it all, all year, right? And we're mowing those yards all year. So I know exactly what we what needs to be done. I know exactly how many leaves fall, what kind of trees they have. Do they have woods? Do they don't? Are we just blowing them into the woods? Do we have to mulch them? Do we have to bag anything? Do we have to do a combination of all three? Do I have to blow them to the curb and, and have someone else come suck them up? Like whatever. I, I already have that all figured out because you know we've been taking care of those properties all year long. I know exactly, you know, the layout of it. So I just tell them what the option is and that's it. I just say, all right, guys, here's, you know, or whoever, you know, all right, Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, um, uh, basic, but I actually don't even, I don't even say their name because it's, it's just a, it's just a, a mass email. So I just, you know, basically say like, hello, everyone or whatever, you know, I, I address it, you know, hello. Uh, so, they, so they, I don't say everyone, gosh, I say hello, so that hello, comma, you know, so this way they, they think that I could be, you know, or good afternoon or good morning, whatever, something that's a little more generic that could seem like I'm just sending it to just them. And I think most people do think I'm sending it just to them because sometimes some people will get caught up in an email, uh, a mass email that I send out that I already like had an individual conversation with. And they're like, hey, so I thought we were, you know, I, I thought uh, we were going to do this instead or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry if I. You know, I sent it out to everyone, you know, uh, I forgot to take you off that list or whatever, you know, so like, so it, it works. People think that you're sending it just to them, but I'm sending it to everyone and I'm just telling them all, you know, 
here's here, here's what we're doing. But not not everyone, everyone, like I have the different groups like, hey, this this is the group that we're mulching. This is the group that we have to remove. This is a group that we're just blowing in the woods. So this way I can cater the email a little more specifically to them. Like, hey, this is what we're going to be doing for leaves this is how much it's going to be. Boom. And it's it's basically the same same general like, you know, like for blowing or whatever it would be range for mowing. It's pretty specific because, you know, every yard's pretty similar or whatever. So I have it all planned out, all all situated, all organized. And I just send those emails out. This is what we're doing. We're coming X amount of times from now till, 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 from now till then this date till that date. And that's it. And that's what we do. And I just continue the schedule basically the way that it has been for mowing minus the people that do reply. See, this is how you flip it. So it's so crazy how you change the mindset of people when, when you're over here, when you're waiting for a response from them, you don't get it as much as when you just tell them what's happening. Now they respond to you. If, if that makes sense. If I explained it properly, like, so instead of me saying, Hey, here's some options, pick what you want and waiting on them. I'm saying, Hey guys, this is what we're doing for your property this year. And that's it. And then, you know, you get the people that reply, Whoa, Whoa, hold on. I don't, I don't even have any leaves where the leaves are done. I think we're good. Thanks. We'll see you next year. Like, you know, that type of thing, like they freak out cause they don't want us to show up and I guess not do anything and still bill them or something, whatever. Or, or maybe they truly just don't want us to waste a trip. You know, some people are, are nice enough like that too, but either way I got more, I get more replies. I got more replies this year from people saying, Oh, don't worry about it. We're good this year. Thank you. Um, you know, or we'll take care of it ourselves or, oh, my kids love doing it because then they jump on the piles or whatever. And then we'll, you know, we'll just bag them and, and whatever. It's good for them or, you know, whatever the deal is, or we're good. We have no leaves, you know, that you took care of them already the last couple of times you mowed, you know, whatever. So we're good. I got more like, so I got all of the, those responses. I got those uh, responses and then I could just take them off the list. And the whole majority, the, the other 75% of our clients didn't say anything. And we just show up and take care of their leaves the way that I said we were going to take care of it for the price that I said it was going to be. And then we just bill them at the end of the month. Like it's to me, it's like, man, why the heck didn't I think of this sooner? But I've been doing a lot of these kind of things for many different services and many different things. I've been transitioning to a lot of different um, service ways that I do my services, how I schedule my services. I'll save that for a future episode when we talk about like, you know, future goals and planning for 2022 and all that kind of stuff for my business. But I just wanted to really share that hopefully valuable thing for, for anyone that might be struggling with all that, or, or maybe you just thought it was, it was status quo. Maybe you just thought that that's just the way to do it, to just have all these options for people to pick, f- play the phone, you know, game, follow up emails, scramble to make schedules and keep it full. And, you know, maybe you thought that that kind of stress was necessary and that was just how it's done. But if anyone who's anyone that knows me <clears throat> well enough or long enough now I don't do what everyone else does. And I know that might piss people off, but you know what? I've been pretty successful doing a lot of things my way. I'm not saying that I, that I, that I try to reinvent the wheel or that, or that it needs to be reinvented, but it could be made better. Surely, surely there's lots of wheels out there. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it, it's just one of those things that I'm just, I'm just wired that way. I don't want to do the same thing everyone else does it's the same idea, but I tweak it my own way or I do it maybe completely different. You know, I, I'm always challenging the status quo. I'm not an average Joe. I'm always challenging the status quo. So that that's just, that's just how I think. That's how I've accomplished so many things that so many of you have benefited from in this industry and in the community. And I just, I, that's, I'm not going to shy away from it. That's just me. That's who I am. That's how I, how I think that's how I operate. Whether it's something simple as mowing a lawn a certain way or how I handle, you know, customers leaves and, you know, the communication of that and scheduling of that and reducing slash eliminating all of my stress of that. I mean, it's just, you know, if, if people like me don't exist or people like me don't speak up, then how is anyone else going to learn? You know, together we can help each other grow. That's the whole point of making podcasts, YouTube videos and, and communicate, or at least for me anyway, 
That's the whole point of communicating all this and sharing all this for everyone so that you guys can learn. And we, I learn from you, you learn from me, hopefully, and we can all learn together and get better and, and really elevate this industry. Because for the love of God, this industry has gotten such a bad rap so many years. It's so depressing. And I came from a retail management you know, career and, you know, we have to dress up and, you know, managers have to dress up at least. And, you know, you had an office and you feel all fancy and all this not. And here I go into mowing, cutting grass, making that cash. And I felt like it was good and great. And I felt good about myself, but man, quickly did I realize when, when I saw, my, you know, my quote unquote competition. And when I just started, you know, interacting with other people. It's like, man, there's such a stigma for lawn and landscape guys and girls out there. It's like, we're just, I don't even know what, I don't even want to go, you know, name names, but we just don't have, we're just not held to a high standard a lot for a lot to a lot of people. But you know what? That's, that's them. And that's people of the past in the industry. Let's work together to elevate the perception and elevate our pockets, elevate our lifestyle with, you know, with, with helping each other and growing and making this uh, the best industry that we can make it, you know, making it reach its full potential, being professional, pr uh, pricing everything correctly, having good equipment, the right equipment, educating ourselves, feeling good about ourselves, being smarter, working harder, spending time with our family, friends, living where we want to live, doing what we want to do, having hobbies, just living our life to the fullest through our business, have our business work for us, not have us work for our business, all that stuff. So anyway, that's all that stuff there. The other thing that I wanted to say, which there's no need to labor on to all this because I feel like I made some, some, some good points already. But the other thing is it's really difficult to kind of be half in leaf, uh, leaf removal, leaf cleanups or whatever, like to be in, in that game, you either, you're either in it or you're out. It's hard to be in the middle. If you, if you're kind of like dabbling in it and you have a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, like, Oh, I've got a bagger, I've got a blower, I've got this or that. You're going to be very limited. You're only, you're only going to be able to take care of certain properties. Um, and, and you know, it, you're going to get, you're going to get yourself caught in situations again where you might not be able to handle it and it's just going to be a mess back to my night my leaf removal nightmare story like i just didn't have the right stuff you know i'm taking on jobs and don't even have don't even know what i'm doing or have the right equipment to do it and and, and again it's, a lot of it comes from just experience to gain that knowledge right um you know you uh uh, intelligence is learned. Wisdom is experienced. So, I mean, you know, you can't just come out the gate. You can't read a, read a book that's going to know help uh, teach you how to take care of every leaf job and know exactly what the right setup is. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you can, you know, there is obviously things out there. People are going to say, Hey, you need this, you need a backpack blower, you need this blower that, but there's so many different options. Now you don't necessarily need all of it. You just need the right combination of it. Um, but you need to have the right combination to be able to handle every yard especially if you're the guys that are trying to like, you've got a big sign on your trailer or you're putting, you know, sign, uh, yard signs out all over town or whatever on the side of the road and stuff saying got leaves or leaf removal, call this number or whatever. And you're just getting any, anyone and everyone out of the sun calling you up to suck up their squirrels and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff um, and, and leaves and, and dog poop and all that that's been in there for like a couple of years. Like, you know, you need to make sure you have the right stuff to handle that. You know, that's, you got to have the biggest, baddest, you know, leaf vac for, you know, to suck that kind of stuff up, you know, whatever. But, uh, so, but even if you're just focusing on your clients, like that was my goal. I, I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, putting signs out and all that and, and trying to promote leaf removal. That's not my thing. I just want to be able to service the, my regular clients that I already have and the new ones that I'm getting and not have to avoid certain ones and be able to take care of all that. So with all that being said, uh, you know, I'm kind of in the middle, which is why I'm saying that, because it's very difficult. There are certain jobs that are more challenging, certain properties that are more challenging for me to take care of because I don't have the full setup. I really need an effective way to remove the leaves. Yes, I have been leaning on some of my peers to do it, but guess what? Two of the three of the guys that I referred work to went out of business. They either quit and sold it or just quit. And it's like, you know, I, I get it. It's hard, especially trying to find people and all that. I get it. I'm just saying now I only have, I'm down to one guy. So like, you know, hopefully he stays strong and he hangs in there. But I mean, I don't, I don't want to just rely on one, one person or rely on other people. I need to make sure that I'm set up for success 
the best that I can for my company, for my clients, for my family, and so on. So ultimately, if I'm going to continue to stay in the leaf game, like I want to do to get through, you know, to, to kind of keep almost 12 months worth of uh, work, you know, rev- billable work coming in, you know, uh, uh, I would need to get some sort of leaf vac set up, you know, maybe something like Brian Fullerton has and a lot of other guys have, whether it be a dump insert and you put some wood sides up and box out your, you know, the back of your truck bed, um, you know, whether you have an eight foot bed or not or whatever, I have an eight foot bed. So I'd have a nice size box on, on mine. And then you get your, you know, your leaf vac attached to that somehow. And you just suck everything up right into the bed of your truck. And then you go and you dump it. Obviously you're only going to be able to get one or two properties, you know, depending on how much leaves you have to suck up versus a whole day's worth. If you've got a massive dump truck or dump trailer uh, box set up, obviously you can get huge commercial properties or, you know, a whole day worth of residential properties before you got to go to the dump and, and empty it out. But again, that's all about what kind of properties you have. And, and I don't have big commercial properties or a lot of properties with massive properties. So uh, with massive uh, leaves, massive amount of leaves. So if, you know, if, if I, so getting that kind of setup, I would be able to take care of, you know, some of the smaller leaf cleanups instead of worrying about bagging them and all that kind of stuff. I can just, I mean, I could still kind of, I could still bag them with the mower, the mower bagging system, and then just empty the bags right on the curb there. So it's easier than blowing it. I know a lot of guys do that. I've been seeing a lot recently instead of spending tw- twice the time blowing leaves from the back to the front, you can just suck up the back you know, but going back and forth with the mower and bagging them all up and then just ride up to the front, dump the bags out, go back and rinse and repeat until the whole back is all cleaned up. And then you've got a, a nice size pile of already mulched up, you know, a little bit mulched up uh, leaves in the pile there. And then when you blow the rest of the leaves from the front up to that pile, now you can just get your leaf back, turn it on, suck them all right up. And then they shred up even more. And now you're packing more in, honestly, in, into your into your truck bed. So that's another option there. That's something that I'm looking at because it's really hard, like I said, to just dabble in it. You either need to be in it or out of it. Um, that's just another word of words of wisdom there that I've, I've shared with some experienced folks and they're just nodding their head like, yep, you're getting it. You're getting it, rookie. You got it. <laughs> but, you know, rookie for life, right? I'm, I'm always learning, always trying new things. And I implore, encourage all of you to do the same not saying you have to recreate everything like I just said, like I said earlier, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but don't be afraid to try new things. Always keep learning, always keep uh, getting after it because that's, that's what life's all about. Don't, don't get complacent. Don't think that, you know, that, that there isn't a better way. There's always a better way for everything. Yes. Sometimes you just want to maybe settle down with some things like, all right, I'm not going to constantly be trying, you know, like, let me, let me, let me just, you know, follow the standard here with this, you know, and let me just let that ride and, and we'll move on with something else. And then maybe I can tweak it later or whatever, but always be looking to improve, always looking, always look to try new things uh, and, and, and just be a hashtag rookie for life. All right, guys. Well, this is now an hour long. Um, so thank you for listening this long. Uh, I thought about maybe breaking this up into two episodes, but not sure about that. We'll, we'll see. I've got so many other things to talk about in upcoming episodes, uh, more IBG episodes, as well as getting some guests, um, you know, back on here. I mean, I just had Paul on, uh, talking about his, his journal, uh, the, the, the diligence shall prosper. Um, he, you know, he's, he, he's got, uh, got that going on and we have the, um, podcast summit coming up, uh, that I'm putting together up at mulch me in Baltimore, Maryland. So if you haven't already heard about that, and if you want to stop, you want to come by Friday, January 14th and hang out, please come on by. If you need any details and all details, I've got a hotel room block. If you want to spend the night or a couple nights, Thursday, Friday night, uh, we got room blocks for you. A nice group discount rate at a Hilton right there at the airport. Uh, not too far from Maltrimate's headquarters. I'll shuttle everybody over Friday morning that needs a ride. And we're going to have a good old time podcasting from nine to five on Friday, as well as being able to check out all the cool stuff that Maltrimate has, all the new stuff that just came out at the previous uh, GIE um, Expo that just came out in October. Um, and probably some new things that he's got in the works that he might want to, you know, give people some sneak peeks and things like that. But he's always got something good, you know, going on. Plus, you get to see his whole facility and how things come together and all the stuff that they do and all the Made in USA stuff that they're doing, all the welding and cutting and all the things he's doing. I mean, he's got to get materials shipped in, you know, like all the metal and things like that. Like anybody else, he's not making metal, <laughs> but uh, he's cutting it, bending it, welding it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. 
it's a really cool, really cool setup operation. He's a really cool dude. I've gotten to know him over the years, and he's gracious enough to let us use his conference rooms. He's got several different rooms uh, at his headquarters there that we can use for doing multiple uh, uh, podcasts simultaneously. Um, I know Paul Jameson, the Greenship Podcast, is going to be there. Caleb Allman, the Kid Contractor Podcast, is going to be there. Brittany Allman is going to be there as well, uh, keeping him in line. <laughs> um uh, the Fence Industry Podcast just confirmed he's going to be there. That's breaking news. Dan Wheeler, can't wait to see him. Lots of other podcasters hopefully coming. They're they're trying to work out their schedules, see if they can. And as, as those become confirmed, I will keep updating the, you guys on Instagram and sharing it on the podcast episodes um, as they're recorded in real time around that time, around this time frame. Uh, so, but yeah, if you want any, any, any details, any specifics, please reach out to me on Instagram at LCR media and, uh, we'll, we'll go back and forth. I'll send you all the info, anything that maybe I didn't already say on here, any questions that need to be answered. Um, and, and we can go from there and I hope to see you guys there because like I said, we're going to be doing podcasting. We're going to be hanging out. So if you want to be on our podcast, you can definitely do that as well as if you just want to check out, if you want to hang out, say, Hey, what's up? Talk, talk to us about just, you know, random stuff, business, life, whatever, and check out the Mulch Mate stuff. Do that too. We're definitely going to be doing a heck of a lot of podcasting while we're there. So hopefully you guys are ready, ready, prepared for that. And also I bought 50 copies of uh, Paul's new journal. Um, so uh, he, he's uh, going to sign those for those of you that want to sign copy 50, the first 50 people. We'll give those out. And we have Chant from Chant's Daily Hustle stopping by on his book tour. He just has his first book that was released. I bought 25 copies of those. They just came in the other day. He'll be, I'll be giving those out. He'll be signing those for those of you if you want, if you want uh, him to sign them. So, but either way, you get 25, first 25 people get Chant's new book and get to hang out with Chant, see Chant on his book tour stop. And also get the first 50 people get Paul Jameson's uh, new book slash journal. So lots of fun, exciting things coming soon. January 14th up in Baltimore, Maryland at Mulch Mate Headquarters. LCR Media Podcast, Green Industry Podcast, Kid Contractor Podcast, Fence Industry Podcast. All, by the way, are Mr. Producer Produced Podcasts. So looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh, and always thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And this has uh, been a good one. Thank you for listening. This is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.